Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Welcome in to Bet the Edge. Happy Friday, May 14th. Thanks for joining us. Big show today, Jay Croucher. Who NFL bettors are backing in week one and which teams they expect to have a big season? Matt Bernier will join us. If you're not betting a favorite at the Preakness, he has a horse to monitor. Plus, NHL playoffs start Saturday. And Matt has a lean on the Bruins Capital Series. Also, we'll finish out the show with Edge of the Day. All that and more coming up on Bet the Edge, powered by PointsBet. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Sarah and I appreciate you listening to Bet the Edge. Please rate the pod. And if you're not a daily subscriber, sign up. Remember, Bet the Edge will give you all the information you need for your wagers every weekday, all in about 25 minutes. Plus, make sure to hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what you think we should talk about. I'm at Sarah Perlman, and Drew is at whale underscore capper. And the whale capper, the NBA guy who has been taking sides, not totals as of yet. We may get into that in the playoffs. <laughs> Is having a great week, and I don't want to mush you by any means, but I gotta say it. I'm tailing you, and it's been very glorious. And the one benefit that I always say, people like you that handicap the NBA typically have, is you are one on the West Coast, but two, you monitor the lines late at night throughout the morning, where you typically find the edge. And I love that. And for me, it's been beneficial to learn from you. So, uh, what's your process now as we really are getting back? Are getting closer rather to the playing games, games and playoffs, and, and kind of a weird 
NBA card and then what line kind of caught your eye overnight that you're looking at now? Yeah, this is going to be the toughest weekend of the year betting wise, just because you, there are going to be a lot of surprise scratches late. Uh, you know, a couple of games immediately, you know, the, the fir- I guess the first thing I looked at process wise <laughs> last night when I was handicapping was the tankathon rankings. Uh, you know, who is locked into their seed in terms of the, um, you know, the potential lottery seeding. Um, and right now it's only Houston at the one. Uh, that really has a firm hold on their, uh, you know, on their lottery seating. So uh, Toronto also actually is locked into their seating, but uh, they weren't really tanking as significantly as some of these other teams. Sure. All that said, uh, you know, there's incentive to lose here for a lot of these teams because you know the difference between you know 20% for the first pick and and you know and 5% is huge, and that's what accidentally winning a couple of games down the stretch might mean for some of these teams at the bottom of the rankings. So that's huge, and and um, you know and to, to make things even more complicated, you have a team like the Grizzlies uh, who really can't do much one way or the other to help themselves today with the win. Their entire uh, seeding between the eight and nine comes down to winning against the Golden State Warriors in their last contest of the season. So, you know, you look at the, uh, the current injury report and it looks like doubtful for uh, Dylan Brooks, Jonas Valanciunas, John Moran, Kyle Anderson, Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, if you don't, if those five guys... Those are the only five guys you want out there in crunch time for Memphis anyway. And uh, it's so this is uh, this is likely going to be uh, a chaotic market as we come down to the close. Now, the Kings aren't necessarily uh, rolling out the world's best either in this spot. Fox unlikely to go. Barnes unlikely to go. No Rashawn Holmes. No Marvin. Just who is I feel like it'd be easier if you just said, yeah. like, here's the lineups. Here's what I like. Yes, this is honestly a G League game at this point. I can only really side with the Kings here because they have given their G League players some more playing time recently, and they've actually been doing pretty well. They've gotten some meaningful contributions from some guys down the bench. Uh, and I think, yeah, you know, guys playing for contracts on the Kings, I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm fine siding with them if I'm getting five and a half points. So uh, the only, you know, not a, not a great card to bet tonight, um, mm-hmm. but I do think this should probably be a pick. I'm not, uh, not, not that Memphis is a five and a half point favorite so i'll take the dog right when this line opened at plus eight and a half for the sacramento kings money just poured in on it now of course down to five and a half as you mentioned the edge projection something we love to look at on nbc sports edge our tool does have strong confidence on the king's spread so it agrees with you there i like when the computers and analytics tend to agree with my pick all right the one i'm looking at is going to be uh the new york mets in tampa bay but it's a prop i know i gotta get away from all the lines and totals time to time this one i love it's glass now people always think i love taking strikeout props and particularly the over your girl's going under tonight eight and a half the under is juiced by the way minus 150 so we're gonna have jay croucher on later i might need to ask him if they're begging me along with other sports <laughs> to take the over i am not fooled here i would not be surprised if the juice continues to somehow get heavier on this prop you look at forward of his last uh, eight starts or four of his eight starts altogether excuse me when he had less than nine strikeouts it was against the yankees and the Angels. The thing similar that these two teams have, similar to the New York Mets, is they walk a ton. They're uh, having right now a 13.5% walk rate against right-handed pitchers over the past 10 days. 10 days. That's uh, the second best behind the New York Yankees. 
I watched the Mets earlier this week. They were off yesterday. The bats are heating up, and they have a K rate of 18.7% against right-handers over the last 10 days. So if you're not a huge baseball person, really what that means is they're having a lot of patience at the plate. And when I see that, it means they're going to make Tyler Glass now work for his strikeouts. The Tampa Bay Rays tend to pull him when he gets to a high pitch count, regardless of the inning. They feel comfortable going to their bullpen. I love under 8.5. That's my look uh, right now for the Rays and Mets game tonight, Drew. A fantastic look, and I, I love your process that you went through there. The it's it is pretty clear that the Mets are, are the type of team that uh, it could exactly uh, get this one home for you. Alrighty, now I may have to ask Jake Croucher this in a little bit, but for now, let's bring him on to talk about the NFL because when the win totals came out, this was a, a little surprising, a few that stood out to me. And of course, we need to keep in mind, Jay, that there's a 17-game NFL season. So first glance, you look at the totals, they may seem a little inflated or on the other side, but 17 games does seem to, I would say, shake things up a little bit. So right now, the Denver Broncos on points bet, Jay, their win total over eight and a half is juiced to minus 135. When you guys put out this win total, how much was factored into the idea and maybe the steam coming in that if Aaron Rodgers does not play for Green Bay, he would like to join the Denver Broncos? Yeah, so Sarah, the Straits of Denver, they think that Aaron Rodgers is already coming. Um, saying some, some custom jerseys with Rodgers 12 on the back of the Broncos. Uh, the, the line went from seven and a half to eight and a half. Uh, when when the news started to break that, that Rogers wanted out and Denver are the most likely um, team. And now, like you said, it's juiced at minus 135. So people are buying in. The Broncos, their Super Bowl odds have caved as well from 60 to 1 to 22 to 1. So there's a lot of hype. Things are, things are looking up in Denver sports at the moment. The Avalanche are favourites for the Stanley Cup. Jokic, we've already paid him out as MVP. Rockies will skip over. Um, but the Broncos, if they can get Rogers, um, I mean, this is the Broncos town, so so people are definitely buying in. Oh, interesting. I color me a little skeptical. I don't want to throw cold water on the Denver fans. I mean, they have a great team outside of the quarterback anyway. So the likelihood that they make this win total over, even if it's the Drew Locke show or the Teddy Bridgewater show, I don't think should be discounted. Um, but I'm in the I'm in the I'll believe it when I see it that the Green Bay Packers actually pull the trigger here. Um, moving down a little bit to another one that's really caught my attention. This is and this is something that's come up a couple of times already this week on the show. Uh, the L.A. Rams over under is 10 and a half. Uh, the over is looking pretty tasty at plus 125, but I can't convince myself to entirely get on board here just because the team is a little stars and scrubs. It's only one or two injuries away from this being the John Wolford show. Uh, you know, I know Stafford is a huge upgrade over Goff, but can he even start 17 games? These are the kind of questions going through my head. Are you seeing a decent amount of action come in one way or the other on this Rams? And, uh, you know, would you expect this market to continue to mature? Yeah, so it's gone from 10 to 10 and a half. And this is our most heavily bet over where people really seem to believe in the Rams as a juggernaut, uh, where I think there's a lot of distaste around Jared Goff and, and what he's kind of done the past two years, particularly post the Super Bowl. And, and the step up from Goff to Stafford is significant and the ripple effects that'll have all over the team. But like you said, Drew, there's not much depth here. And particularly on defense, they're so dependent on Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. They've lost a bit of depth. I think losing John Johnson from the secondary, that really hurts. So, yeah, you're I think you're betting on health if you're betting on this over. Um, Stafford as well has had his issues in the past. 
I think if everyone stays healthy, they go over. That's why they're the second favorite in the NFC. But if guys start falling off, then then I think the team might have a, a pretty big downside. Jay, I got to talk about week one NFL game lines that, you know, we're getting an early look and I'm sure you've taken some action. But when this line opened with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers laying six and a half against the Cowboys, there's a few things that come to mind. Brady's 5-0 and in his career against the Cowboys, an average victory of 15 points, margin victory of 15 points in that one. And of course, now you have the reigning Super Bowl champions in Tampa Bay. You have Tom Brady, but then you have Cowboys fans who will bet the Cowboys blindly no matter what the situation is. There's Cowboys fans worldwide in particular, I'm sure, in your markets. Have you seen two-way action early on this game just because of those two reasons? Yeah, so most of the action's been on the Cowboys early. This line opened at a touchdown, but that was pretty quickly bet down to six and a half. And I think probably two things at play here. One is with Dak Prescott back, this Cowboys team, for whatever their faults, uh, they're going to be able to score. And just laying a touchdown or more against that offense when they'll be able to score quickly in garbage time if they need to, um, to cover that line, that's one thing that's driving it down. And then another thing as well is, despite the fact they won the Super Bowl, I think Tampa Bay really burned a lot of people last year. They went 0-4 against the spread in prime time, most memorably that 38-3 to crushing against the Saints. And then everyone was on the other side of Tampa um, in the playoffs where I think every week uh, people were, were backing against them, where people were taking the Saints as favourite, the Packers as favourite, and then in a really big way, the Chiefs as favourite in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I think that the, the Cowboys being such a big public team and the Bucks, despite their high profile, um, having burned a lot of people, I think most of the money will come in uh, on the Cowboys in this one. Yeah, most memorable for me wasn't the 38 to three. It was when Tom Brady uh, got up after not converting fourth down and was like, "That that where's that that was fourth? That was <laughs> yeah. uh, I think that was against the Bears in prime time." Um, either way, the, uh, the you know the, before I guess before moving off of the NFL, thanks to your trading team for hanging a couple of more of these awards markets. But uh, you got some sharp traders over there. I was interested in a Miles Garrett price. You have the shortest number on the board for defensive player of the year. I was interested in an Art Smith price for coach of the year. You're well shorter than some of the other market numbers. So, uh, you know, good job to your guys uh, kind of kind of being ahead of the curve on uh, some of the sharper plays, I think, in the awards market. Um, as we kind of pivot to the NBA here, though, uh, I mentioned off the top, I'm looking for the Kings to stay competitive here against the Grizzlies, mostly just because uh, the Grizzlies' availability question marks are humongous. <laughs> and really, I feel like they're resting up in, in preparation for both uh, the head-to-head -head against the Warriors this weekend, as well as the play-in opportunity. Um, but what are you seeing with this market as it's kind of come in from eight and a half down to five and a half? Would you expect this to continue to move as we get information on who's going to be available? Yeah, I like your play, Drew. I like the plus five and a half. I like your confidence in the Mo Harkless show. Maybe we can pair <laughs> that with the John Walton show. Um, but, I mean, that this is the most difficult time of the year uh, for a bookmaker. The NBA is just a mess. Uh, and we're looking at incentive and who wants to win, who wants to lose. And I think this game is the epitome of the Kings with so many players out, nothing left to play for. And then the Grizzlies, they have nothing to play for until Sunday uh, when they play the Warriors uh, for that last, uh, that, that eight seed and the second chance in the play-in. So that's a tough one. On the other side as well, a kind of quintessential late season NBA games, the Pelicans at the Warriors, uh, where the Warriors have nothing to play for as well because they're all dependent on that Grizzlies game. So that line is minus two, um, which has kind of a week 17 NFL uh, everyone resting starters type of feel this one. Um, so 
this is one where you really just have to move off the off the sharp money as it comes in and and uh, see which sharps have uh, have really done their tape on uh, on Mo Harkless and Delon Wright. Oh, so you know, it's the Justin James show, man. Wyoming's <laughs> own Justin James last night filled it up from thirty-one points. Uh, I think he carries our our, our Kings tonight. Like it. Jay, you talked about the Warriors, you know, kind of saying they don't have much to play for, hence why the money has come in on the other side. Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins, all questionable. Zion, Lonzo Ball out. This may sound crazy, but does your handle, is it dramatically affected when you see injuries like this? And and some may argue they have a ton to play for. They'll be in the playing game against the Lakers if it holds. How, How does the handle get affected on your guys' end in situations like these? I mean, there's always going to be there's always going to be handle on NBA games, but I think that with these games where you just don't know who's going to be playing um, or who's going to be getting a, a big amount of minutes, that most of it comes in play when people can see, you know, are are the Warriors just going to play seven players and they've got nothing? Um, and I, I remember there are games where I think uh, Anthony Simons for the Blazers dropped 38 in one of these games. <laughs> Uh, a year or two ago so it is kind of fun to bet in play on these opportunities as you see these players that you've you've never really even sure. heard of or seen that much of and then you can really get involved in the Anthony Simons show yeah no that there's a lot of guys that are on 10-day contracts whose names you have never heard before who are going to go for double digit points and it's going to surprise you and that does make it a very challenging last weekend of the season um are there any uh, games that are especially exciting that you're looking forward to coming up this weekend that do have more meaningful impacts uh, I see Denver uh Portland is on the docket um, I don't think that's likely to be our four or five matchup, which is too bad because I would really love to handicap that series. Um, but, uh, you know, as you look ahead to the weekend, anything catching your attention that you think might uh, be worth uh, pointing out to our loyal listeners? Yeah, I think the big one is that Golden State Memphis game, just because the repercussions are so significant. The winner of that will get eight. Uh, and I think that the Lakers will be cheering for the Grizzlies. Uh, <laughs> like the Lakers will finish seven. And- I don't think they want to play Steph Curry. I think they'd rather just play um, as, as good as he is. John Morant is less terrifying than Steph. Um, although at the same time, if the Lakers do lose that game to the Grizzlies, I might have a do or die game against Steph. But that's probably the really big one. Just because the odds of making the playoffs, they're going to shift so much um, if the Warriors or the Grizzlies, whoever of them gets the eighth seed, just getting that double chance. Um, and that Lakers game, which... You know, if you're thinking about it early in the season, a do-or-die game against the Lakers or a chance to get into the playoffs, that would have been, you know, chalked up as a loss. But with the state of the Lakers, with Davis and LeBron both ailing, uncertainty around Schroeder, uh, I think that that's a really big opportunity for the Warriors and the Grizzlies. Uh, so they'll need to take care of business on Sunday to, to lock that in. Yeah, I feel like they will. And I have a feeling batters will be in agreement after seeing the AD and LeBron situation play out. All right, he is the head trader at points bet, Jay Croucher. Jay, thank you so much. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Drew. Jay will actually join us every week right here on Bet the Edge. He's also going to be a part of the live NBA playoff preview show on Monday, which you don't want to miss if you like betting the NBA like myself and your Dinsick love to do so. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. From the NBA, we're going to talk Preakness and NHL playoffs. That's right. Let's bring a good friend to the show and member of NBC Sports, Matt Rainier. Matt, how we doing? Morning, guys. How we doing? Morning. Okay. A lot's going on with Bob Baffert. And you know what? I don't want to talk about the drama right now. I'm exhausted from all week convincing myself I'm not going to bet on his horses. I'm taking a strong moral stance here, Matt. That being said, it's going to be a, a pace situation, a duel between his horses with Medina Spirit, who we just saw win, um, of course, the Kentucky Derby and now Concert Tour, who did not run at the Kentucky Derby. The morning line has Concert Tour at five to do and Medina Spirit nine to five. How do you see this race playing out in terms of the speed and this pace duel between Bob Baffert's horses? Well, I I think to me, that's the thing. I can't envision any scenario where the two horses that he trains in the race are going to duel each other into submission and potentially compromise both of their chances. Uh, Based on the way they drew with Medina Spirit down in the three-hole and concert tour on the far outside in post-10, I have to assume Medina Spirit's going to be the one that takes over, goes right to the front, In concert tour, they say, you know what? Your job is to take up a stalking position. And if you're good enough to go on with it and win, so be it. But you're not going to go head and head with him for the first half mile of the race, set some wicked pace, have this thing fall apart and have somebody rally from off of it. So I think the pace scenario may not be as, I don't want to say interesting as many people have laid it out to be. I just don't see any scenario where the two Baffert horses just put each other away early on. Yeah, that makes total sense to me. I've kind of worked my way out of trying to talk myself away from the favorite in this one. Medina Spirit drawing the three was huge. If you flip-flop these horses and concert tours in the three, maybe I have a different view of how this race plays out, but I think you pretty much nailed it there. Um, one of the other horses that's getting a ton of attention, at least in, in sort of the handicapping circles, is Midnight Bourbon. Um, some also... You know, I think some are throwing him into the conversation because he also has some early speed. Of course, the Preakness is shorter uh, and, you know, it's, it's effectively a sprint uh, relative to what we just saw with the Derby and for sure what we will see at the Belmont. Um, but I'm inclined to toss my Midnight Bourbon at five to one. This looks like an underlay, underlay to me. Uh, do you think uh, Midnight Bourbon hits the board or is this a fair toss? No, I, look, I think he has a big chance to hit the board. But to your point, Drew, he he feels like sort of the logical other horse in this race. If you don't like either of the Baffert horses, kind of by default, you land on a horse like Midnight Bourbon, who is Kentucky Derby on paper, wasn't all that good. But really, when you go back and watch the race, he was taken out of his element early on. He's a horse that likes to be forward. He unfortunately got pinched back. He was very wide throughout. So the sixth place finish, I really don't think was that bad. Having said that, it's not as though he's a superstar. He's really never shown that. I, I tend to believe he's just a notch or two below the, the absolute cream of the crop. And I suppose if you're looking at him saying, you know, he's going to trip out, he's not that far off from figures, that's where I want to go, that's fine. The logic is there. But 
from a price standpoint, I think you're probably looking in that four or five to one range. And for me, that's just simply too short. Right now. Yeah. This morning, morning line five to one, but there is a horse and crowded trade. that The morning line shows 10 to one all week. We've heard similarities of crowded train and the 2017 Preakness winner cloud computing and cloud computing was 13 to one when the horse won Preakness in 2017. So that all being said, do you see similarities in these two? They're eerily similar, Sarah. When you go through and take a look, they each had run three times leading into the Preakness. They're both trained by Chad Brown. They're both owned by Clarevich Stables. They're both going to be ridden in the Preakness by Javier Castellano. And not only have they both run three times leading into the Preakness, they ran in the same three races and they've earned essentially the same speed figures over the course of this sort of time. So uh, it's uncanny how close they are or how much they resemble one another leading into this second leg of the triple crown. And uh, admittedly, I didn't love the race that he came out of the Wood Memorial. I, I thought it was a little bit of a subpar group that he ran against, but in hindsight, when you go back and look at it, he made a move into the hottest part of the pace. And typically that's something that can really sap the energy out of a horse for that stretch run. And I think it was just more a matter of him using his big shot, rounding the far turn. He just couldn't quite sustain that bid. Now, if you think there's a situation where the two Baffert horses are forwardly placed, maybe they're not dueling each other, but they're going to be the ones out there on the front. You're going to have Midnight Bourbon in just behind. I think Crowded Trade kind of takes up that position three or four lengths off of it. You wait a little bit longer. You make a move from a good rider in Eric Cancel to a Hall of Fame rider in Javier Castellano. I, I think there's at least reason to think you're going to get the best version of Crowded Trade on Saturday. Whether that's good enough to win and beat Medina Spirit, I'm not sure. But I think he may be the price play if you're looking to go against the favorite. I like it. Deja vu all over again. It is <laughs> It is pretty spooky. Um, well, let's put a, a pin in the uh, the derby for now. I think I'm sticking with Medina Spirit just based on the speed. Uh, I'll probably put a little uh, uh, Medina Spirit crowded trade and then as an exacta. But uh, any, I guess, I, I think I'm, I'm just ready for the Belmont. This has been yes. a tough, it's been a tough couple of weeks. <laughs> let's get, let's get to the Belmont. It's mm -hmm. going to be a much more interesting you know, race. And I think, uh, you know, looking forward to handicapping that one. Yeah, uh, another I'm, I'm with you, though. I'm, I'm ready for the race to come and go. Let's turn yeah. the page. Let's move on. Because, And I don't want to give the, the Preakness short shrift, but sure. just for all the things that have surrounded it and the race itself isn't all that great on paper, the Belmont looks like it could be an absolutely spectacular race. I, get me to Belmont Park in a few weeks. Yeah, mm -hmm. yep, yep. Another thing I'm uh, very much looking forward to, which starts next week, NHL playoffs. Uh, we have a fantastic field shaping up here, and this this season being relatively unique, the way that they've kind of done the four different quadrants, uh, and then you know now seeing how it's all going to trickle back into sort of a final four atmosphere is very interesting and exciting handicap here. Um, as you look forward towards the NHL playoffs, are there a couple of kind of just macro observations that you think can inform a handicap in terms of uh, you know who could be our Stanley Cup champ? Yeah, I, I may be in the minority here. I think the East Division top to bottom was the best in the entire NHL. And I recognize maybe you've got more talented teams out on the West Coast, whether it's Vegas or Colorado or Toronto, obviously in the North. You can make a case for a couple of the teams in the Central. But the East top to bottom, even going down to Buffalo, and I know Buffalo was sort of the whipping boy for everyone. Mm -hmm. I really don't think they were as historically bad as people are making them out to be, but that's another story. I, I think whoever comes out of the East represents a very likely Stanley Cup champion. The only concern is how badly are they going to beat each other up to get to that final four position? And I mean, I'm looking right away at that first game opening up on Saturday evening, right after the Preakness for game one between the Bruins and Capitals. 
The Caps seem like that team. They've got that size. They've got that veteran presence. They're one of the oldest teams that we have here in the NHL right now. The Boston Bruins, this has been a group of, of players that the core group's been together for years and years now, and they just quite, haven't quite been able to get over the hump. This trade deadline, Don Sweeney went out on a limb, and he went and got the guy, I think, that could really be the key to unlocking success for this group in Taylor Hall. And it's not even so much the fact that Hall has come to Boston and really sort of blossomed. He was terrible in Buffalo prior to coming to Boston, but now he's exploded for eight goals in, I think, 14 or 15 games since he got here. But really, the centerman on that line, David Krejci, looked like it was over. It looked like he was ready to retire. And now, all of a sudden, he's got a winger to play with, and he's just come back to looking like he did when he was 25 years old. So I, I have a funny feeling the Bruins, this move could be one that goes down, at least in the annals of, of Boston sports history, as they made the move they needed to make and take advantage of a unique situation. Uh, the first round odds, maybe they're not great as far as the round is concerned, just looking at the, the series number. They're minus 145 last I looked over Washington. Mm -hmm. I do like Boston to get through. And honestly, again, I kind of I don't want to sound sort of you know inconclusive here. I think whoever gets out of the East has a big chance to win the Stanley Cup. Well, it's great because you can find good numbers on either to win the Stanley Cup right now. Bruins eleven to one Capitals plus fifteen hundred. I will point out you talked about the trade deadline, Matt. Uh, the Bruins twelve four and one since the trade deadline. They've been incredible. All right, Matt. Thank you. Enjoy the Preakness and the start of NHL playoffs. You got it, guys. Chat soon. All right. You can read more of Matt's takes on both the Preakness and the NHL playoffs and his picks all on NBCSportsEdge.com. We always end the show with Edge of the Day. And Drew, I, I start with you, what you're looking at and where you're putting some money on for tonight. Yeah, only one only one play really popped when I looked at the card last night and it was pretty it was That's pretty this was pretty obvious. If you've been listening to the edge of the day, if you've been listening to this the bet the edge for the last 3 weeks, you probably know where I'm going. <laughs> we are fading the Cleveland Cavaliers because the last time out they gave you a very honest effort pulling off the upset against the Boston Celtics. Now they sit in a very tenuous situation where a win or even a competitive effort here, a close call, an accidental win, uh, would put them into <laughs> dire straits in terms of their lottery, their lottery uh, fortunes. Uh, meanwhile, the Washington Wizards, they are still alive for the number eight seed, which would be a huge, huge bump for them in terms of potentially going on and making the actual playoff field. Currently, they sit in the 10 hole. Um, they need this win. And that turns them right into uh, the potential to play for the eight against the Hornets on Sunday. I think you get an absolute spectacular effort out of the Wizards tonight on top of the fact that the Wizards have just they've been playing so 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 well I know Bradley Beal won't be there but the shooting you're getting from Davis Bertans the uh, level of the quality of play both offense and defense that we're seeing from Russell Westbrook uh, in this last month has been extremely solid I think the Wizards uh, put a comfortable comfortable margin on this Cleveland Cavaliers team tonight so I laid the points with the Wiz. Drew, I love this look. And I will say, points that did let us know there's been heavy action on the Wizards. 80% of the bet count and handle on their side. But there's a reason. Over the last 10, the Wizards 7-2-1 against the number. They've been spectacular. And they will clinch a playoff play in berth with the win. So I, I love this look. I'll take us to baseball. Finish the show here on this Friday. Last night, it came home with the Marlins under. Let's go on the other side tonight. 
I like the total. I like the over in this Marlins Dodgers game. It's sitting at six and a half. Very good pitchers. I understand it's Clayton Kershaw and Alcantara. Alcantara has been worse on the road. ERA at home, 2.30. On the road, 3.44. The Dodgers love hitting at home. That's why they go over right now, 7-0-1 to the over in their last eight home games. It's really hard to hit homers in Miami. That's why you see low scoring games in Miami. Unless you're John Carlos Stanton seven years ago, you're not really hitting home runs there. So if you look at how they do on the road, the Marlins hit nearly double the number of home runs on the road, 23, than they have at home this season. The long ball will be in play in Los Angeles. And we know Clayton Kershaw. He's great. He can give up some bombs. For me, this is an overplay with the Marlins and the Dodgers, Drew. I'm with you. Um, Dodgers could get this by themselves. Sure can. And they just might. They're heating up and they know every big win is important right now, just to win in general, to keep going and climbing to the top of their division. Okay. Don't forget to head on over to NBCSportsEdge.com. You'll have all the information you'll need to know after you're done listening to us to continue helping you with your wagers. And do not forget, please subscribe and rate the podcast. For Drew Dinsick, I am Sarah Perlman and everyone here with NBC Sports Edge and Bet the Edge. Good luck on all your wagers throughout the weekend and enjoy Preakness. Do not forget to tune in NBC tomorrow at 2.30 for all the coverage there. See you next week. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/slash activecash.